If you want a great conversation with a Philadelphia sports figure you should know more about, listen to one-on-one with Matt Leon on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. The Pennsylvania primary is next Tuesday, May 17th, and the Republican field is packed with lots of drama, both in the battle for the nomination for governor as well as for the U.S. Senate. I think the right thing is to coalesce. As, as it should have probably happened maybe a little sooner, but nevertheless, it's still time. Imagine that, a politician, a career politician, endorsing another career politician. In such a crowded field, how are the candidates differentiating themselves on the key GOP issues? I'm the only candidate in this race who actually has executive experience. We need conservative solutions when it comes to public safety, when it comes to education, when it comes to the economy. Are we really just about the richest person in the room, or do we really stand on those, you know, on those Republican principles of limiting government, pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, pro-First Amendment with religion and freedom of speech? Jim Melrett has been covering the GOP races for both governor and Senate, and he is here today to give us a little preview. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Serka. I'm Brian Seltzer. Now, Jim, you're out in Harrisburg today because there's a whole lot happening in this crowded GOP field for governor. So simply put, what's going on here? Yeah, it's fascinating that this is all happening just days before the election. These are things that generally you would expect to see uh, months before where you try to kind of narrow a field and get behind uh, a a candidate. Uh, But there are nine people running for governor, uh, nine people seeking the Republican nomination for governor. One of them, uh, a state senator, the state senator, President Pro Tem, the most uh, powerful Republican in the state Senate, Jake Corman, today uh, is announcing that he is uh, ending his campaign and backing Lou Barletta to, uh, and this is all, I guess, kind of an effort to catch the front runner who uh, more traditional Republicans uh, have concerns about, and that's uh, Doug Mastriano, uh, also a state senator, more recently elected to the state Senate. Uh, and he's more of a populist view, more of a of a Trump style uh, Republican. Uh, so you kind of see the battle here between the the traditional Pennsylvania Republican and the the Trump style populist Republican. And, and then there's kind of gray areas in the middle. Uh, but this is an effort here where you're you're starting to see some of these candidates try to make moves to maybe rein uh, Mastriano uh, his lead in a little bit. He's polling right around 25%. And then uh, there's a group, uh, uh, including former Congressman Lou Barletta, who Jake Corman is now endorsing, uh, and former U.S. Attorney uh, Bill McSwain and Delaware County Councilman Dave White. They're kind of in the teens, far enough back uh, to be out of the the margin of error in polling, uh, but still close enough probably to be in striking distance. Uh, come primary day. Why is it that the Pennsylvania GOP doesn't seem more excited about having Doug Mastriano as the front runner? Considering if you've seen some of the ads, a lot of these guys tend to say a lot of similar things. Why is it Mastriano seems to be a problem for them? Yeah, you're right. There's there's not a lot of difference in the messaging that's coming out uh, of of this group of these these nine candidates. It's it's not like you have moderate Republicans against more conservative Republicans. Uh, everyone is is solidly conservative in, in their views. The concern with with Doug Mastriano is that that he is kind of 
he, I guess the, the best way to put it is he's very far right uh, and he's unpredictable. He was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Uh, he he uh, he paid for buses to send people down uh, to the Stop the Steal rally that, that uh, President Trump hosted, then President Trump hosted. Uh, and uh, he's he's been in favor of an Arizona style audit of the Pennsylvania election uh, to the point where he was actually removed from the uh, from uh, his his committee, his Senate committee assignments. He had them lifted because of uh, and he, he was actually kicked out of the uh, Republican, the closed door Republican Senate caucus hearings out of concerns that he was more out for himself. This is what they were saying at the time when they made this move, that, that he was out out for himself rather than for the good of the party. You know, he quotes Bible scripture, very conservative, plays great in the primary. But the concern among Republican Party leaders is how's that going to do in a general election? As as Jake Corman pointed out today, when he when he endorsed Lou Barletta, you know, Republicans have lost four of the last five races for, for governor in Pennsylvania. This is a chance to take the governor's mansion back, uh, but they need to elect somebody. And this is them speaking, not me. I don't want anybody thinking that this is my opinion. This is Republicans saying, you know, that they need somebody who can get swing votes. Jim, for someone out there who might not know the ins and outs of politics and primary versus general elections and how it works, can you explain to your best understanding why someone who is dominating in a primary might not project for success in a general, especially in this case? And also, like if we ask you to put on your uh, innermost psychologist cap, what, what do you think it says that Mastriano has done this well in the primary? What does it say about the state of Pennsylvania and what Republicans in Pennsylvania might want from their candidate? Yeah, I, I think it says a lot about our politics. And, and you know, we're talking about Republicans here, but this isn't just a, an issue unique to Republicans. I mean, look at the, the battles that, that we've seen in, in, at the, the top level of the Democratic Party, uh, you know, with, with Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden and the battle to, you know, try to have someone who's more electable. So it, it's not unique to Republicans, but but it is it definitely speaks to just how polarized we are. Uh, as as a uh, in our politics as a society, and I think a lot of that comes from media coverage because we just inherently run. You know, we're trained to run to the the most extreme, crazy response. You don't hear about the people who are just doing their their jobs day in day out. You hear about the Doug Mastrianos who are a lot flashier and a lot louder about doing their jobs, or the Bernie Sanders or AOC. You know, insert name here. It doesn't have to be just one particular party. So I, I think that makes it really challenging uh, in, a, in a primary to then, you know, generally what you see in a primary is somebody appeal to the base of their party and then pivot in the general election to a, a more moderate stance. You know, can someone like a Doug Mastriano do that? A very, very, uh, uh, you know, uh, pro-life, uh, anti-abortion stance. You know, how does that play? Uh, in a state like Pennsylvania that can that can be more purple. So that that's that's the concern and the challenge. And, and that's the challenge for any candidate, especially in, in this primary for governor, because Josh Shapiro is running unopposed. So he hasn't had to move farther left or appeal to a base of his party. He can he can, you know, be whatever he wants, which is a more moderate, you know, the, the, the centrist Democrat and hasn't had to have been pulled for, to, to a more extreme like everyone in the Republican Party has been, uh, 
you know, to kind of appeal to that that really hardcore Republican base. Now, coming up after this break, Jim will give us a look at the Republican race for the U.S. Senate seat that's being vacated by current Republican Senator Pat Toomey. That's coming up next. I'm Jay. I'm Sabrina. I'm Brian. The other big race statewide is the Senate race, and this is to replace Pat Toomey's seat, who is retiring. Now, he's Republican. Jim, you have a good view of what's going on throughout the whole state and how that plays into, you know, this is going to be a big year nationally for the balance in the Senate and in the House. So I want to start with kind of a a big picture question of, I think it's worth reiterating what Pennsylvania stands to change in terms of the national balance here, whether the seat is taken by a Democrat or a Republican who is a little bit of a different take on the Republican Party. Jim, what's like the big picture at stake here? I mean, in, in, in both of you, as we transition to the Senate, I mean, both these races are huge. I, I, you know, the governor's race is basically the direction of Pennsylvania because you're seeing with the U.S. Supreme Court a lot of things that have generally been decided at the federal level are very likely going to be kicked back to two states. You know, abortion is the one that we're hearing a lot about now, reproductive rights. Uh, that might be the first one, but that's just the first of many. This is a conservative push for decades to get power away from the federal government, back to the state level. So, uh, and you're going to hear the Democrats are certainly going to want to play this up because they don't want this to come down to the economy and inflation, if that's still an issue in, Dece- in, in November. So so that's the, the governor's race. I mean, you can't understate how massively important this this governor's race is for for the senate you know you're you're talking about a balance of power that is that is right around 50 50 you know everyone's looking for seats that might be winnable pick up a gain here protect things here uh and you know pat toomey while there were were some in the republican party who labeled him a rhino was was a solid conservative and could always be counted on uh at the federal level in in the senate uh, to come down on on uh, you know the the conservative issues the the typical uh, issues Republican vote a, sol- a solid conservative vote. Jim, people might not know what Mehmet Oz, Doctor Oz, stands for. They know he's certainly in the race. He has a high celebrity profile, but another name that's come along as of late is Kathy Barnett. What can you tell us about her and how has she managed to seemingly close the gap on Oz? Kathy Barnett is a, uh, a political commentator, right wing political commentator. She's she uh, so she's not coming from nowhere. She does. She does have a background uh, and she uh, has partnered up with Doug Mastriano, who we mentioned in the governor's races, uh, you know, with, you know, going after, uh, uh, you know, pandemic protocols and the very loud right wing ideals. Uh, so she's she's kind of teamed up with him. But, you know, there, there's a similar concern uh, with with Kathy Barnett of, of how she will play uh, in the in the general election. Uh, but but quickly on 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 Barnett, she has got an amazing wit. She is she is whip smart and she is so quick with one liners. Uh, and I think anyone who watched any of the debates was really drawn to the way that she's able to attack with a a very wry sense of humor. And her story, you know, she she loves to tell her story of, uh, you know, being raised on a in, in rural Alabama on a pig farm uh, with no running water and outhouse out back. Uh, 
uh, and she points out that that she was uh, the, the the product of, of a rape. So when the abortion debate comes down to exceptions, you know, she points out that there should not be exceptions for rape because someone like her wouldn't exist. So those things play well when you're appealing to the base in the primary. How do they play in the general election? Uh, and you know that that's that's to be determined. And it also should be noted that Kathy Barnett is the highest profile black candidate on that side as well. We come back to Mehmet Oz, Dr. Oz, as most people know him as. Where exactly did he come from? How has he kind of just leapt into Pennsylvania and gotten this front runner status to the point where people like Kathy Barnett are making pushes toward him? You know, with Oz, it's interesting because he has the endorsement from Donald Trump and people are saying it really hasn't done a lot to uh, to push him, to separate him from the pack, to kind of boost him up. But the attack on him, especially from Dave McCormick, who, you know, was kind of considered second place. Recent polls show it's either him or, or Kathy Barnett in second place, kind of chasing down Oz, that that Oz is a Hollywood liberal, you know, and, and everyone's probably seen the commercials and they're effective. Whether you agree with them or not, they're effective of having, you know, Oz saying one thing on a show and then, you know, whether it's about reproductive rights or whatever. And, and they say he's kind of contradicting himself. Well, Oz has said, look, it was a TV show, you know. We were we were covering different topics just because I said that doesn't mean that's necessarily where I stand. But but the Hollywood liberal label uh, has probably been effective uh, if, if you look at polling. So if he didn't have Trump's endorsement, where would he be? You know, you can't prove a negative. So when people say that Trump's endorsement hasn't helped separate him from the pack, I think you could probably argue that Trump's endorsement has kept him in the pack. And without that, I think that Hollywood liberal. Uh, doesn't really stand for conservative values would have would have sunk him by now. Uh, but, you know, the, the Trump endorsement shows, you know, the power, I, I believe, uh, that, that Donald Trump still holds uh, in the Republican Party. One of the factors, guys, that I think makes Pennsylvania such a compelling place is gas, energy and what different members of different parties want to do with the potential that Pennsylvania has in that industry. Jim, is there a candidate who you think is getting their message across most effectively on this issue? Is there unity around energy and gas proposals and plans, or is there some differentiation among the Republican field? Yeah, it's it's definitely drill, baby, drill across the board with, with in, in in both races, in both the the Republican race for Senate and the Republican race uh, for governor. Uh, drilling pipelines that is one area where you will find very little district difference between all the candidates in either race. They all feel that Pennsylvania is sitting on a gold mine, that we should be tapping into, into uh, uh, fracking and, and natural gas. We should be building pipelines so that we can export it, and we should be cashing in on that, and, and that would solve a lot of our problems. Greenhouse gases, all the, all the Republican candidates say, um, you know, we should not be in, in any kind of, of plan that limits uh, carbon emissions or tries to cap and tries to put in cap and trade. Uh, we should be drilling. We should be fracking. We should be uh, trying to export this energy. And, and there's there's really no you're not looking at like moderates and conservatives. And you're, you're looking at just different personalities, really. They all have very strong conservative beliefs. How much are these Republicans paying attention to the Philadelphia area? Like which candidates have the most to gain or lose by, say, there being a substantial turnout either in Philadelphia or 
in the Philly suburbs like Delaware County, Montgomery County, places like that? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, you have Dave White, who's a former Delaware County councilman. Uh, he's really big on the trades, former steam fitter, uh, started his own HVAC company uh, that now is, you know, a multi-million dollar company. So he talks about himself as a businessman trying to get the, uh, the trades blue collar, uh, the building trades into the Republican Party under the umbrella. Uh, and so obviously he has a, a, a you know connection to southeastern PA, uh, to the Philadelphia area. Uh, Bill McSwain, a former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District, uh, he kind of made a name for himself. He was a Trump appointee uh, at the time that Larry Krasner was uh, taking over the DA's office. So uh, McSwain kind of made a name for himself, trying to stand up to some of uh, Krasner's more liberal uh, policies towards uh, prosecution, bail reform, those kind of things. That that's probably where in 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 the primary now you know the the general election's a different animal, but crime in Philadelphia has been the uh, has been the the talking point that you've heard the most uh, when when you're when you're looking at, at southeastern PA and kind of you know and, and that's no surprise. I mean, law and order Republicans are going to take issue with a a, a very liberal minded DA in in Philadelphia. That is KWU's Suburban Bureau Chief Jim Melwert. Even though he's not in the suburbs, he's actually in Harrisburg right now covering just a fascinating race among Republicans here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Thanks so much, Jim, for checking in with us today. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. You can also check out the show notes for the links to all of Jim's coverage on the Republican primary races. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. And we've also got a preview of what's happening on the Democratic side of things with KYW City Hall Bureau Chief Pat Loeb. So go to the episode list and you can check that one out next.